0: The top 10 polishing myths. Hi, I'm Ivan. I'm Nick. This is DIY Detail. Today we're gonna explore the myths that we read about, that we see when you leave us comments in videos like this. We did a video about top 10 polishing
1: mistakes and it has done so well that it occurred to me, Ivan, there are a lot of people who've been doing this a long time that say that video helped them. There's also a lot of new people who said it was super helpful for them and I thought, as I was polishing on this Jeep earlier, Wow, I was going up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right. Right. And I asked you one time, and I said, Ivan, does it matter what direction I'm going? And you were like, no, it makes no difference. Exactly. And it made me realize... What sort of myths are there out there? Yeah. Now, that wasn't going to be the first myth. No. But it's on the list. So why don't we just start there with, so often we'll teach people, okay, do a section pass. Right. Up, down, up, down,
0: left, right, left, right. That is a great way of learning how to polish and a great way to get that mentality of, okay, if I start going left, right, then I go up, down, then I do left, right, I've done my three passes. So you know where you are on a vehicle like this, like the Jeep, the fenders, you don't have room to go in two directions. You have to go in one direction. And it doesn't matter. Your tool doesn't care if you're going left or right, up and down onto diagonal and circles, it really doesn't matter. So it's whatever works for you. That being said, you need to be consistent in what you're doing. So being methodical is more important than the direction you're going. So it can help someone be methodical if it just helps them do it in a, Uh Exactly. Consistent way. Right. When you're teaching someone, it's a great way of doing it because now they have a mental cue of, okay, I was going left to right. Now I'm going up and down. Now I'm going left to right. Time to wipe it off. And it's three. You like to teach? I like to do
1: three. Up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right. Yeah. Up, down, up, down. Right. With a 50% overlap. Yeah. Just saying it tells you I've been ingrained in in the teaching over the years, uh, but it is a myth that you need to do it. So it doesn't actually change what's happening on the paint with the polishing pad. No, not at all. Now you know. All right, that's number one. But really, what's true to your heart is high speed cutting more. You've been teaching polishing on low speed, so uh, myth number two is at high speed. On your dual action polisher, will actually cut paint better.
0: Yeah, you wanna cut more, crank the speed up. Actually, you're cutting less. What's happening when you crank the speed up is you're creating heat. That heat is your enemy. When you create heat, clear coat is plastic. And that plastic, when you create heat, just like a marshmallow, if you try to take an ice cube and a marshmallow with sandpaper, you sand the ice cube, you can actually bring that ice cube down. You go to sand the marshmallow, you just get a gooey mess. It's the same with paint. What's happening is when you create heat, the abrasives and this is, you know, if we're to look at the compound or the polish through an electron microscope, it looks like jagged mountains that are in the the carrier liquid. When they're going across the paint, they're sliding across, they're actually cutting the paint. They're shearing off a little bit of the paint every time. But if it gets hot, what happens is instead of shearing off, they grab because now the paint is soft. They grab and they roll, they grab and they roll. So they're not cutting as much. So heat is your enemy.
1: And so it may appear that with high heat or high speed that your
0: defect is removed, but that's not actually happening no you're sometimes well not sometimes you are swelling the paint so that's another negative aspect of heat but really it's as human beings we think if we work harder the tool is going to work harder no
1: we didn't actually put heat on this list so yeah. putting heat and speed in that same answer gives you a sense of how we like yeah. to teach people to polish paint yeah speed creates heat heat is your not is not your friend So you can cut on speed three on a 21 millimeter dual action polisher with our wool pad and gold standard polish. Oh, yeah. And actually remove defects. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now the more you know. Myth number two, you need pressure. Because surely if you crank the speed up and you put a lot of pressure on, you're going to get results, right? Yeah. No.
0: Again, pressure equals heat. Heat is not your friend. Heat is your enemy. So when you're creating heat, just like speed, pressure does the same thing and at the same time, you're hurting yourself. It's hard on your shoulders, it's hard on your arms when you have to press on that machine. You're gonna be tired by the time you're done polishing the vehicle. Whereas if you're just there to guide the tool, you purchased the tool, you've paid for it, let it do its job. Yeah, that's a good
1: answer for sure. One myth that I think you've been preaching for a while that you're here to demystify is that rotary cuts faster than a dual action polisher.
0: Yes and no. So. Same pad, same machine, the DA will cut dramatically faster than the rotary. So same pad, same polish, same pressure on the machine, the DA will cut faster every single time. Now, the biggest stroke that we have in the industry right now is a 21 millimeter tool. That, to me, is what I use for cutting. If I want to finish, I use a rotary. The reason for that, the dual action, dual action, you're doing two things at once. So you have that 21 millimeter oscillation. And then you have the rotation of the pad. The rotation is slow, and if you stall the pad, all you're doing is reducing the cut by about 10 or 15%. So it's not dramatic stalling the pad, as some people will have you, you know, believe that. So it still cuts, even yeah. if you're not seeing the backing plate spin. Right. Yeah. It's cutting less, but it's still cutting. But when you use that 21 millimeter machine, and a 15 cuts, but not as quick as the 21, you have orbits per minute. So a, a rotary goes in revolutions per minute. So the pad is turning at four, six, 800 RPM. Whereas the orbital sander it, or the orbital polisher, random orbital or dual action, is now going in orbits per minute. So that 21 millimeter orbit, it's going 3,000 times a minute. So you have, it's like having 3,000 miniature or uh, you know, 21 millimeter rotaries in that one section. So it is cutting faster. And a DA can create more heat than a rotary. Again, I come from a, a time way back when we only had rotaries back then. Yes, we used the rotary for cutting. Yes, the rotary was the tool to go to. But now with the advancement in pads, like our, water, our wool pad, that is a spectacular cutting pad designed specifically for a DA. And. You can take your rotary with your favorite rotary cutting pad, and then you can take that, do a test side-by-side. You might be surprised. So for the people out there who like to crank the rotary
1: up to speed 4 or 5, great for cleaning your pads. And they say that reduces the defects. They cut well with it. Maybe they're old-school guys. What do you say to them? Because they're going to say, that's baloney. I know what works, and, and this is false. Right. They've probably
0: never tried going slower. And as human beings, we have this sort of weird quirk that if the machine is going faster, it has to cut faster. We can't, you know, we need to use our logic here and slow it down. Uh, Example, you drive home the same route every day. You almost zone out. You don't even notice how much time it takes. You can pass intersections and not remember having passed them. Right. Take a different route that might be actually shorter, but it feels longer because you don't know that route.
1: Mm. So try something different. You may be just set in your ways. You may feel like it works. Yeah. And if that's the way you want to live your life and it's working for you, so. great. But yeah. if we're having a intellectual conversation about what works better, you're going to have to try it to understand it. Because that's yeah. the way I've been with a lot of your methods. And exactly. I'm like, oh yeah, this does work pretty good. I still like a rotary in my hand Yes. with a wool pad. It makes me feel like a man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it, it does cut well, but myself, efficiency is key. Okay. And... I want to be done the vehicle as quickly as I can to satisfy my customer, to satisfy everyone else. In doing so, that's when we have the DA for cutting. Awesome. And in keeping with the
1: dual action versus the rotary polisher, there's a myth out there that the dual action finishes better. That final finishing gloss finishes better than a rotary, Ivan. I know you disagree.
0: Oh, wholeheartedly. So the dual action, whether it be a 21 or a 15, and most people like finishing with a 15, you're going to get micromarring and micromarring is a term that didn't exist before we had the da so it doesn't exist with a rotary now you can get rotary swirls and that comes from bad technique it doesn't come from the rotary the machine isn't making those swirls the person using the machine is causing the swirls that being said if you do a side-by-side comparison especially in like a soft black gm paint hmm. of the da and finish down however you want with your da and then just do one pass beside it with the rotary, and you're going to go, yeah, I guess. He was right.
1: Yeah, do the rotary, though, the right way. So with our rotary drilling pad, our red pad. Yeah, exactly. Speed one. Yeah, low speed, pad, your machine will go. Yeah. And no pressure. You keep the pad flat. Yeah. And it's really miraculous, actually. And then you have to realize it's going to happen you don't have to think about it no
0: that's when you do the like left to right up down left to right just so you know you've gotten your section yeah i'd say about 90 percent of the students that i've taught that have never polished before so this is their first experience polishing they come into my class i put the rotary in their hand and i put the da in their hand everyone or 90 percent of them will buy a rotary before they'll buy a da yeah
1: it's true i did after you taught me four or five years ago in my shop i went out and bought myself a flex rotary exactly well, I ended up not doing what you said and I was cutting with it and everything, yeah. but I'm grateful that I got the rotary. Exactly. And now we've been uh, in the shop here finishing down with the rotary, yeah. jeweling pad as well. So if you haven't tried it folks, finishing down with the rotary is an excellent choice. We're gonna go to the next tip here, that a damp pad, which is the way that we teach you to clean your pad in the pad, pad. washer, that a damp pad causes imbalances in your pad. Is this a critique you get a lot?
0: Yeah, it's a critique we get a lot. Uh, so a dual action machine, When you're spinning out the pad, if you just clean your pad and it's soaking wet, yeah, it's going to do very bad things to your machine. And you're going to be spraying water everywhere. Yeah. Not something you want to do. But you just lift your pad up out of the pad washer a quarter inch, put it to speed six. The only reason speed six exists, as far as I'm concerned, on a machine. And on a DA, what you'll see is it'll oscillate. And then all of a sudden it'll go and just be spinning. When it reaches that point, the machine has self-balanced the pad. At this point, the pad is perfectly balanced to the machine. And when we do that, uh, if you take the pad, you take a perfectly brand new dry pad and weigh it. Then you weigh one that you've just taken off the pad washer and spun out the way we tell you. There's less than a gram of difference. I mean, so that's 1 of an ounce. Okay, I was like, talk, yeah. talk to me in yeah, yeah. language mm-hmm. I understand. That. Right.
1: No, and it's true, and I've asked you that before. It's like, well, you distribute the spray polish on a damp pad. Like, is the dampness from either rinseless wash or whatever you using in your pad wash right. snappy clean, is that going to affect the polishing? And it's just such a minute amount, right?
0: Right. So think of it this way. We have less than one gram, which means less than one milliliter of liquid in that polish. And I'm going to go to the metric system here because it's a little easier to understand. So we're diluting the rinseless wash in the pad washer 256 we'll say 250 to one so for every one milliliter we have one 250th of a milliliter of the pad cleaning solution in there oh that makes it sound a lot small yeah. yeah 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 you can't even fathom how small or how minute that is
1: yeah, so it's really not going to... And if you haven't tried this polishing system, folks, I highly recommend it. We're going to stick with the damp pad
0: here. Again, yeah. you're using the pad washer. It's lightly damp after you've used yeah. uh, that cleaning system. Yeah, it's not wet. The other thing that it does is reduces dry buffing. So you don't need to prime your pad by spreading polish all over it.
1: Super efficient step there. And you mentioned sling. So another myth is that like we are addressing the damp pad because we get a lot of yeah, feedback yeah. on it. One may think, well, the damn pad is just going to sling stuff everywhere. Sling sling, and polish everywhere. I can't... That's not
0: efficient. How's that efficient? Right. So every one of our polishing videos, you see us polishing and using the pad washer. Every one of those videos, you can see us at the end. We don't have a line of polish across us. No. No. So we were at SEMA earlier this week. And one thing I noticed, there's booths there where the people are polishing. Some of them... They have more sling than others. They have to wear an apron. And there's a line of compound or polish across their apron from repeated use. We don't get that. And we're wearing black. If we had polish on us, you'd see it. Yeah. Lake Country had uh, glass walls around their little (laughs) test panels and everything.
1: Um, Which I didn't even notice a pad washer at their booth they had one they did yeah okay. yeah. yeah I didn't I didn't see that one so uh, but yeah damp pad causes sling myth debunked you just yeah. want to free spin it in your pad washer yeah and, it, and it's barely wet exactly if you decided to go lazy on that last step you're and gonna have a you wet might pad. Be wearing it yeah right. exactly so just don't don't yep. uh, shirk that step here's another one about the damp pad that it won't cut that for some reason
0: if it has any moisture in there it's going to reduce the cut it actually increases the cut it increases the cut especially with a waffle pad for a couple reasons. First of all, when your pad is damp, it's actually a little softer. So it's going to contour to the paint a little better, meaning you have better contact with the paint. Better contact with the paint means more cut. The other thing is we have, like we said, one milliliter of liquid in that pad. There's not a lot of liquid in the pad that's not enough to interfere with any polish. I've tested hundreds, even thousands of polishes over the years. Not one has been diminished or changed by using a pad washer. It increases the cut, it doesn't reduce it. And how does having it damp,
1: essentially have it primed? I know we spray like a thousand little droplets with one trigger pull of gold standard. Yeah. Uh, But but how does that combine with the moisture to prime the pad? Meaning we don't have any dry foam scraping across the paint. Okay, and then as you polish, the polish will mix in Yeah, exactly. to the pad as you go. Exactly. Yeah, you gotta try this system if you haven't done it yet, folks. Um, ah, man.
0: You love the pad washer, you sure hate compressed air. So compressed air and pressure washers, two phenomenally efficient ways of destroying your pads. So the myth here is that the
1: pressure washer or an air compressor is the best way to clean your pad or that it won't destroy
0: your pads. Right. So we have to look at the cell structure of the foam. And the cell structure of the foam is, you have this very thin membrane that's between all the bubbles in the foam. When you introduce compressed air into those bubbles, they blow apart those little links, those little membranes. Or the same thing with a pressure washer, it actually cuts them. Now, you look at your pad, looks perfectly clean. You feel the pad, feels the same. But you've reduced the body of the pad. Your pad is not gonna last as long. And also, you're actually gonna reduce the cut.
1: So interesting. So I think if you use best practices out there, your pad should last a long time. Yes. How long? Would Ivan LaCroix be able to get, let's say, our yellow waffle pad to last with good, proper care? Uh, 15, 20 cars. 15, 20 cars. Yeah. And if you beat the heck out of it with a ton of pressure and you used air compressor to clean it out, what would be the difference there? One or two cars. One or two cars. Yeah. Yeah. So if you come to us and say, hey, I used the gold standard waffle pad and it
0: broke apart on me, what, what's some of our first questioning, Ivan? Okay. What speed was your machine at? And normally, oh, I just had it at speed four or five. Eh, wrong answer. Too much speed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how much, check pr- the list. Yeah. How much pressure are you putting on the machine? Oh, not many. Yeah, five, 10, 15 pounds, something like that. Okay. The answer should be zero. The weight of the machine, that's all you need. Because what's happening is, and you can see it, we'll have, we'll ask people to send us pictures because sometimes it could be a defect in the pad. Right. But every time you see the pad, so the backing plate is a little smaller than the Velcro on the pad. And we actually see the pad is curled when they've taken it off the machine. It's curled because of that pressure they were putting on. Yeah, and that's another thing too, is just if you're
1: using the yellow waffle pad and you're not getting the cut you want, what would they do? Let's say they don't have the wool pad. So they're like, I have this one pad. You told me this is the most versatile pad in your lineup. I'm not getting the defect removal on speed three naturally, I have certain variables in my control. I can put more speed, I can put more pressure on. They're trying to get more cut, but that can really hurt the pad.
0: Right. Uh, just do another pass.
1: Another it's, pass? It's, it's as
0: simple as that. And you might be surprised that reducing the speed will increase the cut. How so? I know you've already said it. Right. But, but
1: people <laughs> tell me out there that when I ask you questions yeah, yeah, three yeah, times, not good, it helps yeah. them
0: learn. So. Yeah. So basically what you're doing by reducing the speed, you're reducing, even though at Speed 3 we're not generating much heat, we are generating a little bit you're reducing that heat just a little bit more. Also, you can actually go to a softer pad. Now, Nick learned a lesson on this vehicle today. We were polishing the other side of it, and when he was polishing, he was using the wool pad because I want to get cut. It's really it was really yeah. swir- it was yeah. really swirled up. Not getting the cut he wanted. Suggested to try the foam pad. What happened? It actually looked better.
1: Yeah. I started with the foam, but it was a long story, but yeah, Yeah. it actually looked better. And you were explaining something about how the foam over the edge, it rounds it. what, what, What were you talking about? So basically
0: the wool pad, its goal in life is to cut. That's all it wants to do. And it's not picky about it. It cuts everything in its way. Okay. Whereas the foam pad, a little softer, we're actually not taking off as much paint. We're not cutting it. What we're doing is we're rounding over those scratches so our eyes don't see them anymore. But the wool pad isn't rounding over scratches? It's creating it its little, own scratches as well? Well, the wool pad is rounding over those scratches, but it's also taking more paint off. So it's not rounding over as effectively as the,
1: the, uh, the foam pad. And again, this is the interesting case of us talking in really intellectual terms about stuff that when you do it with your hands, which is what detailing, detailing yeah. is, you'll see what we're talking
0: about. Yeah, so exactly. that's an
1: option for you when you're getting in that situation, you don't get the results you want, Try that method. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: in my shops, my employees had one polish, two machines, three pads. That was it. All right. There's more myths out there. But this last one is that you
1: can't polish outside. We often will preach direct sunlight can be really hard because whether you're detailing, whether you're washing, whether you're polishing, because of the sun, right? It heats up the paint. We don't like heat. No. So if you can control some of those variables, if you can get under shade, if you can polish in the morning or the evening... Heat won't be as big of a
0: factor, and then in fact exactly. you can polish outside. Definitely, and sometimes the lighting is much better. So the polishing outside, first of all, I know some mobile detailers that have been detailing for almost forty years. They're actually some of the top detailers in the world. They do it in people's driveways all the time.
1: They do some bring with them canopies. Though, yeah. don't they
0: yeah okay like for shade. A, a tent or a, yeah. yeah for shade. And uh, you know the one person Joe Fernandez, that shade is not necessarily for the car. It's for him. Right. To stay cooler. Yeah. So smart man. The other thing with that is when you're uh, polishing outside, you have better lighting. Mm. So it actually can be an advantage. I see pictures of shops where they have a black wall and it looks really cool in pictures, but then they have to be moving lights around to see what they're doing. Uh, My shops, we had a white floor, white ceiling, white walls, and a lot of light. So polishing outside or inside our shop, sometimes it was brighter inside. (laughs) right but we see the defects and we would see defects under our lighting pull the car outside in the sun and it's oh they're gone
1: yeah that's when you know you have like almost too good of shop lighting is when you can't see it in the sun but you could see it you know with your light in a totally dark space
0: or whatever you had right and the other aspect of that is your customer if you're a professional detailer if they can't see it in the sun does it really exist no 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 way
1: yeah, you can definitely polish outside. We know a lot of mobile detailers out there do it. And so, if you actually polish outside, or if you've heard some of these, and then have other tips or myths or things that you've learned along the way, leave them in the comments. We're all learning from each other. Education is, a, well, it's a fundamental part of like our lives. Exactly. Right? We love learning. We love teaching, and you know that goes for everybody. So yeah. So thank you very much. And
0: where's another video they can look at? I'm
1: pretty sure it's right here. Top ten polishing
0: mistakes.